The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. Hour number two is off and running here on First and 12 every Sunday, 10 a.m. to noon. Here on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone, also on podcasts wherever you get your podcast and on the KSL Sports app. However, and wherever you're listening, we appreciate you, Mitch Harper, Alex Carey, Alex. Man, this was tough, but it's time we've got to unveil our latest installment of the Big Twelve Power Rankings. The Big Twelve Power Rankings Big Board. A weekly rank of all 12 programs from the elite to the bottom dwellers. Tops of the uh, power rankings, of course, stays the same because they didn't play this week. Oklahoma and Texas, after their Red River rivalry from last week, uh, staying right at the top there. And really, they're the only consistent part of this thing, Mitch. I mean, it's like, thank heavens they didn't play a game this weekend. Otherwise, we'd have to be shifting everybody else around. Uh, we got some consistency. That's what we wanted in this thing. So Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma number one, Texas number two. After that, it's anybody's freaking conference to be had between three and, frankly, 12, right? I mean, that's kind of yeah. – because 13 and 14, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're going to get impressed by Baylor and UCF at some point this year. Baylor will probably only be impressed with after they let Dave Aranda go. Uh, I mean, just just like it's like, you know, when they uh, they lay off a bunch of people at a company and they go, oh, the stock price went up. That's like Baylor's most important improvement that they could have is uh, is probably getting rid of some of those uh, those coaches. Uh, all right. So here's the so after one and two, we ruminated on this one and I still feel OK about it. I don't want you to feel you're like, I feel that ick from putting uh, Kansas State at number three, but I'm OK with Kansas State being number three. They got a nice win in Lubbock uh, last night. And, and you know, five touchdowns from your quarterback is not a bad way to do it. And you're the defending champions. You kind of got some uh, some of your swagger back a little bit. And I just don't see – it's I don't see all the other teams behind them doing enough. Uh, everybody else is eating each other behind them. And I think that that's the only reason you kind of put them at three. And out of any of these teams that's kind of in the, you know, next grouping after Texas and Oklahoma, I'm going to trust a, a, a Chris Kleiman team to start to turn things around. And they did uh, in Lubbock with a freshman quarterback in Avery Johnson. Number four, how about this one? A couple weeks ago, we would have laughed at the idea of this team being in the top four. But Iowa State, they're 3-1 and one in league play, 4-3 and three overall. Remember, Alex, they lost to Ohio. Not, not the Ohio State. They lost to the Bobcats <laughs> in Athens. And Iowa State checking in at number four. Uh, Iowa State's number four. And I think that that's a good pick because they've they I mean they've probably done more they than anybody it. right now. Yes, I think we've seen them do more than anybody in the last couple of weeks. Is that wrong? I mean, I, I yeah. Uh, aside from Oklahoma, right? But I mean, in terms of a shock as to where they are on this list, we for one second had that discussion about uh, Iowa State maybe even surpassing Kansas State. That's how good Matt Campbell's team has been so far. West Virginia at five. I'm okay with that one because of how they lost that game. That really is a is, is a cruddy way to lose that one, and I know it's Houston, and I know Houston's found themselves at the bottom of the list, but you know that's just about right. Uh, you know, a team at the very bottom be, beating a team in the in the upper middle levels. That's that's kind of where we've seen that. So West Virginia is at number five. 
Number six, Kansas. I got to say, Alex, it would be interesting to see where Kansas would be with a healthy Jalen Daniels. The last time we saw him was when they took on BYU, and yeah. they looked great. They looked like they were ready to be a title contender. They've been, you know, 500 team without him. Jason Bean's done a nice job, and he's a good backup quarterback. I mean, what a luxury for Kansas to have him. Uh, but they had a tough loss to Oklahoma State, so they're slipping a little bit. They're still – they've got the talent to be – you know, vying in that top four of the league. But, uh, you know, you lose on the road. you got to eventually win some games on the road in league play if you want to be in that upper tier of this conference. Besides Iowa State, the team at number seven that has shocked both you and I and I think everybody, <laughs> and I think it's exactly the way we should have. I don't know why we fell for this. I know this is what Mike Gundy does like every year it seems like. But Oklahoma State, with that win over Kansas, has inched their way up and out of the obscurity at the very bottom of the basement. But they've been creeping up the week upon week here after those embarrassing losses that they had at the beginning of the season. But Oklahoma State now number seven and uh, moving on up. And Mike Gundy's, uh, you know, kind of looking a little bit more like himself. Look, Oklahoma State looking a little bit more like themselves. A couple good wins over the past couple of weeks has them at the number seven spot. Eight and nine, this is uh, where we start to get really, really sticky here, Mitch. TCU checks in at number eight as after they get that huge win over team number nine, BYU. The Cougs fall four spots in this power ranking, and I think that's fair after a beatdown uh, by 33 points to TCU, who was at the number 10 spot. So they jump up two places in the power rankings. I think this is fair, and it's a big tumble for the Cougars as they don't yeah. look like they you know, suddenly are in that vying for that top five spot, but Hey, they, this thing, this league's crazy. Anything can happen. Cannibalism's going to yep. happen in this conference. It does. But uh, BYU took a big step back in this well, loss to TCU. Let, let me make another. Let me just make another little uh, plea as to why BYU should be in that spot as well. I know they're four and two, and there's some teams with maybe a few more losses ahead of them, including TCU. But I will say that that ranking kind of goes along with how productive they've been, right? I mean, right. that offense has been – the numbers reflect about that type of a team. In fact, it felt a little bit like, oh, boy, I think that those chickens are finally coming home to roost on some of those weird, wonky numbers that showed them being outgained every game, every week, every time. And then finally uh, TCU goes, no, we're not going to do this thing. We're going to outgain you, and we're going to embarrass you too. And that's why BYU is now at nine, which is crazy because they've been moving up the entire time. And they started out at that 9, 10, and 11 uh, spot for some of these folks uh, throughout the uh, beginning of the year there. So uh, where they're going to end up, who knows, but there you go. Uh, another team that's kind of uh, made a little bit more of some strides and then went backward a little bit is Texas Tech. Uh, this past week, Texas Tech was number six on our list, and now they go another four spots down. It was kind of an embarrassing loss uh, at home to Kansas State, and uh, I think you're also looking at a team that's looking their wounds with another – I know you're shocked, Mitch, but a quarterback injury for another team in the conference. Well, and Texas Tech can cannot stop the run. Nope. And if you're looking ahead going back to BYU, if you can't run on Texas Tech, you're not going to be able to run on anyone because Tech just cannot get anything done in their rush defense. Number 11, Houston. They deserve some props for pulling out a win. It was a wonky finish, wild, crazy game in H-Town, but – Cougs get it done, taking down the Mountaineers, so they bump up from uh, the cellar at number 14, up three spots to number 11. How about Cincinnati, who cannot buy a win right now in conference play? And the Bearcats have now lost four games in a row, including one to BYU. But just looking week upon week, 
Cincinnati, the Bearcats have been a shock to me because I thought that they would maybe come in and I know that this is not the playoff team from a few years ago. I know that this is not Luke Fickle running the program anymore. What I, what I do know, though, is that they know how, some of these cats know how to win, man. And so that's why it's been a shock to me that they haven't been able to pull some things together because they have NFL talent on the roster, and it, it just surprises me to get to four losses in a row. Uh, and, you know, who knows how long this free fall is going to end up with the Bearcats. Number 13, Baylor. Mac Rhodes, their AD, calling out – Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, and the head coach, Dave Aranda, saying mm-hmm. they got to change things up offensively. They had a bye this weekend. He said that in an interview with 365 Sports. What changes do you think is going to happen with Baylor at, on, on offense? You yeah, it's going to be it, – it's going to be – I don't know exactly what you change. I don't know if Jeff Grimes gets shifted around. I don't know if Dave – you know how this works in this business, Mitch, the head coach, if they're going to – before they save themselves, they start pairing off some of the people that are around them. Is that going to affect the former offensive coordinator at BYU, Jeff Grimes? And that that Baylor team has just – I haven't seen anybody go from Big 12 uh, uh, end-of-the-season champion from two years ago to last year being very middle of the road to this year being very, very, very bad and, frankly, looking like a team that anybody could go down there to Waco to beat. Number 14, UCF. They take on the seller. The Knights are in that 14th spot. Would not have seen that coming this year. Uh, I got to say, though, I don't know when it's going to get fixed for UCF. They just seem like a team that's not trying hard. (laughs) Gus Malzahn got a big contract extension. Things aren't looking good in Orlando, the place that they call the future of college football. It's looking like it's not being ignited yet for the Knights. You know what it's really looking like, Mitch, is that all of these teams that have come in, three from the AAC, BYU is an independent. All the things that people dreaded from their from their fan bases, which is like, hey, man, it's a gauntlet. As soon as you get into, into that Big yep. 12 uh, you know, conference play, it's going to be a rigor week in and week out. And it's not just that. It's proven to be beyond uh, you know, hard for these teams to be able to adjust. And I think it just has to do with it's not that they don't have the talent. I think that they just have to adjust to all the attention – all the week in, week out, the travel's a little bit different, and then there's just no rest for the wicked in these things. Well, you, you get a bye week, and that's about it, but you know what? Every week, any of these teams, as they've proven, can beat each other. And I think one thing, too, that we've learned in, in Big 12 play around the midway point of the season, there's no just you know Purdue in this league where you know you're going to win by 20 or 30 every right. single week. You know, there, there's – in the Big 10 and the SEC, they got their Vanderbilts, they got their Purdue. There's none of that in this Big 12. Like, UCF – if they're the worst team in this league, it speaks to this team's got this league has got some some depth. Now it's a bunch of you know seven and five, six and six, eight and four depth this year, but there's talented teams that it's just it's truly no weeks off. Whereas in the Big Ten and SEC, there's about two or three weeks where you're probably going to get it done and you're going to win that game, and because this team is just a mess. That that's not the case in this conference and. You know, maybe UCF could be that, but if that's the worst team, I think it shows the depth in this league. we got to take a break, though, Alex. On the other side, we'll get to our Big 12 sound roundup, the best cuts, the quotes from all the coaches and players around the conference. It's first and 12 here on the KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio. Big 12 sound roundup. Check one, two. The best bites, cheap shots, and excuses from Saturday's postgame news conferences. Welcome back. It is your Big 12 Sound Roundup. First and 12, by the way, brought to you by Macy's. Happy shopping. 
Mitch Harper down in Texas still. Mitch, did you just prefer to go down and spend some extra time uh, in the Lone Star State? I know you actually have some other travel obligations that you're doing this week. You're going to put your basketball hat on and head up to uh, Kansas City a little bit later, right? I am. I'm going to go to Big 12 Basketball Media Day in in, uh, the T-Mobile Center. And so I'll be flying out tomorrow to to KC. But, yeah, making the the Big 12 rounds. Big 12's hub in football is here in Texas, and then the basketball hub is – is KC. Yeah, Hard you to see that? that basketball's almost here already. Yeah, I know that they have to kind of uh they have to kind of play nice with, you know, the big dogs. You gotta let Kansas make sure everybody knows. <laughs> right. Sure. But could you ever see the Big Twelve Media Days being in I mean Brett Yormark, I couldn't you see that guy putting it in Las Vegas at some point? Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because now that market's open, Pac twelve is gonna be at least from the twelve team side of it, done. Dude, the, you do it it's in the gonna continue with a two team league, but you do it in the sphere. You got to put it in the sphere, bro. Ooh. You got to put it in the sphere. It's gonna have the Big Twelve logo rolling on there. I know it'll cost a little extra coin, but Brent Yormark's good for it. Come on, let's go. They uh, could use uh, they, they could use the newcomers' <laughs> money that they're they're not getting from their full share and just throw it to the sphere. <laughs> oh my goodness! I did see some of those advertising rates. I think for like the day, it's like one hundred nineteen thousand dollars to like, wow. or something like that. Or maybe it was the hour. But for like maybe it was the day it was like four hundred thousand dollars. So hey, hey, if your mark wants to be younger, hipper, cooler, come on, you gotta get in the sphere. You gotta get the sphere. You gotta get a Big Twelve logo on that thing on the strip with that thing. Hey, TCU's kind of doing something younger, hipper, and cooler. They're gonna have Rick Ross for their basketball midnight madness this hey, week. I was that's seeing awesome. that free admission. I thought might need to go swing in and go check that thing out. Yeah, Rick man. Ross. Hey, and uh, BYU's got the SI models and yes, the uh, and this and, week. Who's coming in? DJ Jazzy Jeff. I didn't. I didn't see who the DJ. It's not DJ, DJ Ricky Barrera, and okay. then of course. and then they're gonna have SI swimsuit models mm-hmm. on a like TED Talk panel with Relief Society president. So in honor of Sunday, we I brought that. You up. know what? If you're not getting down there and getting educated from a panel that has an SI swimsuit model and the General Relief Society president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, come on. Name an I- more iconic duo. I'll wait. Name an, I'll wait. <laughs> that's Name a more iconic duo. That's a 21st century right now that we are in. Like if I, like try to go back and tell your grandparents. No, no, it's a forum. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's because no. But listen, hold on. They're in the Big 12 now. <laughs> like <laughs> younger, the, hipper, cool, hipper, totally cool. All right. Uh, let me see here. Mitch, the sound roundup of our Big 12. Let's start things check off one, here. Two, Mike, check. Yes, let's get things started off here with uh, very, very first. The very first thing that I, you know, thought about from this week, and I thought, you know, if there was a team that maybe shocked a little bit, it, I'm not shocked by any win anymore. But Oklahoma State has uh, proven to be very, very, uh, you know, resilient, and they're kind of proving to be exactly what Mike Gundy's always been there. Which is, as soon as we start to go, no, nope, that guy's time is done in Stillwater. He shows up and uh, and has a big win, of course, uh, with his team. And he, he, he gets to the podium, and he talked a little bit about uh, all of the things that made the things possible for them to get a win this week and, and, and kind of show it and put it on uh, Kansas. Here's what Mike Gundy had to say. Really, really good football game, too. Pretty good college football teams playing and a lot of excitement for everybody. The crowd was unbelievable again. The support, the crowd, students. The game day atmosphere here is uh, better now than it ever has been since I came here in 1986. This is um, three or four games in a row where it's just been fantastic out there, really loud. Um, in the fourth quarter when the defense is on the field, they're loud. 
Um, paddle people are working, and it uh, looks good. Uh, very impressed with the support of the people. We played a really good game other than giving up four or five big pass plays. Uh, now, the issue with him is he scrambles around. It's tough to cover for an extended period of time. But um, for the most part, we, we wanted to take away their ability to run the football. Never underestimate those paddle guys, Alex. They always bring that atmosphere <laughs> at Boone Pickens. But you know, it's, it's good to hear. I mean, because I thought this Mike Gundy Oklahoma State team was, you know, there was, there was rumors that they were going to lose the locker room and that players were not happy. And mm. they've turned it around. And you know what? You're, you said it earlier, Alex, but I think you're right. Why did we ever not expect a Mike Gundy team to be in a position to get to a bowl game? I mean, that's yeah. just what he does, right? I mean, every year since 05, since he's been the head coach, he's gotten to a bowl game every year, and he's well on his way to doing that. A team that we did not expect to be anywhere close to bowl contention was West Virginia, and they took a step back, an unexpected step back this weekend as they lost to Houston on a Hail Mary. This is West Virginia head coach opening statement addressing that final Hail Mary against Houston. First of all, everybody's going to want to talk about the last play of the game. We didn't lose the game on the last play of the game. We had multiple chances to win the game, and we didn't do it. Um, uh, I'm not very pleased with how we played um, in two out of three phases. Like, de defensively and on special teams, um, we, we did not play good enough. We absolutely did not play good enough. You know, where we lost the game is, is – is discipline, you know, and that's what's gotten to this point. I know you guys don't want to talk. I know you guys want to ask me about that final play. <laughs> like, of course we do. But we didn't lose it on the final play. Well, I want to go back and show you the video. Yeah, you kind of did. Because you kind of lost it on that one. I, and, look, every coach is going to go, yeah, look, we didn't we didn't play well. I, I like the attitude, though, of Neil Brown where he goes, look, I, I know people expect us to be bad right now, but we can't do that. We can't start to yeah. lose to Houston, right? We've had too good of a year so far. We've been uh, underestimated in so many of these games. So we can't have these games where we come out and we have, uh, uh, you know, we disappoint ourselves because beating Houston should have been one that was on the list of, oh, yeah, that's a team, that's a game you should definitely win, and, and they didn't do it. Uh, speaking of Houston, Dana Holgerson, the head coach of the Houston Cougars, rolling in and giving his thoughts uh, in the postgame on that, uh, not just that final play, but really – you know, uh, they got their first win in Big 12 uh, in Big 12 conference play. I guess the football guys were on our side today, so we'll take it. It's good to get that first Big 12 win. I'm, I'm excited for our team, and they're 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 working hard. They're working hard, and Big 12's hard. Big 12's hard. We got to pull that one, man. <laughs> that one's got to be like our new racket. I, I mean, look, first and 12 is a good show name, but Big 12's hard should just be – maybe we think about that being the podcast in the, in the show next year. We Big need to get hard. some remix. <laughs> we need to get some auto-tune remix. Big 12's hard. Big remix 12's that. Hard. Pair it up with We Don't Take a Night Off, that basketball track from <laughs> yes. last March. Yes, absolutely. We need to get some collaboration going uh, and do some remix to that Big 12 is hard. That sounds like a soundtrack <laughs> over the football season in 2023. Uh, we need that so bad. Uh, make a T-shirt out of it. All right, there's your uh, Big 12 <laughs> sound roundup. We're going to get to our our, uh, our Four Corners whip around. You're going to be able to hear some uh, sound as well. The biggest meltdown in all of college football oh. this year at the hands of Stanford football. My goodness. We'll, uh, we'll come back. We'll chat about that and much more. Stay right here with us. It is first and 12 right here on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone and heard on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. The Four Corners whip around. Whip around. We check on future Big 12 opponents and rivals from the Four Corners.
Welcome back into First and 12. Mitch Harper and Alex Keery with you. Miss any part of the program? You can listen to the replay here on KSL News Radio, 3 to 5 today or on podcast. KSL Sports app and all major podcasting platforms. You know, it's kind of fun, Alex, driving around Dallas-Fort Worth. You see signs that say TCU DFW's Big 12 team. Well, now <laughs> next year, maybe Salt Lake can say Salt Lake's Big 12 team. Uh, Boulder's Col- <laughs> or Big 12 team. Maybe we'll see those banners in the future for these Pac-12 teams, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah in our four corners whip round as we check in with the new teams that are going to be joining next year. Well, let's start off the top here with the local teams. Of course, uh, everybody, the the quarterback situation in Utah is so weird. And uh, at some point after they, I've told you this, after the documentary is made, well after uh, everybody's graduated, maybe even after Witt has uh, retired, maybe we'll get the real answers of what's been going on up on the hill. But Bryson Barnes gets the start yesterday at uh, at, at Rice Eccles Stadium. And Cal comes in, they scored first, and I'll tell you, there was a moment uh, that everybody's looking around at each other at the studio and going, are you joking right now? Because in the, in the weeks past, the offense has been so inept by, by Utah that you're looking and you go, okay, if Cal scored first and then Utah's having to kind of, kind of trump, try to come from behind, that's not the way to do it. But Bryson Barnes shows a steady hand. Uh, and even with the injuries that these guys have had, they score 34 points. They have their best output on offense the entire season. Boy, they needed it, too, because next week they go to the Coliseum and they play a, a, a team who's set on revenge, right, with USC, but they also lost to you, to uh, Notre Dame in an embarrassing fashion yesterday uh, at South Bend. And so they'll be ready to play that football game, but I'm interested now. The Utes have reset themselves a little bit, and maybe they kind of get a little bit more normal. Uh, but poor Nate Johnson, that guy must be broken uh, from all – accounts that we've heard from up on the hill that guy they've messed with that kid's head way too much and his confidence is shot and I think that's why you saw Bryson Barnes get the start today no question I I, I couldn't help but but think that and and it's just a, a bummer for him because he's a sharp kid and you just hate to to see when a quarterback gets messed with mentally because then it's almost like the pitcher in baseball are, are they a broken quarterback and did they ever recapture that so you hope that they, that he can turn that around but I will say that's how you come back out of a bye week. You know, Utah did what you're supposed to do, and you emphatically get a win over a team that's inferior to you. That's Cal, and Utah did get a, got a nice win. But you go, you mentioned Cam Rising. That documentary, when it ever comes out, I'm thinking, <laughs> what would that 30 for 30 sound like? What if I told you a quarterback that claimed he felt pretty dang good did not feel pretty dang good unless <laughs> NIL came in? I don't know. I don't know. I don't no, know. No, I'm telling it, you. No, you're saying the thing that everybody's thinking, right? Where it's like, hold on a minute. If like when when he said he felt pretty darn good, pretty damn good, right? Was the, was the actual quote about going into that Florida game, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just no way when you have all that money on the line. I get it. You want to try to protect yourself, but man, the, the, uh, I think everybody got duped a little bit. We'll see. I mean, I I don't know. I I, I can't imagine we're going to see you and I talked about this on a rivals. I just don't know if we're ever going to see that guy uh, even play this year for the Utes. Alex, you know who? what else duped me was Colorado. I'm here in my hotel <laughs> on Friday night. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to watch some college football. 29-0. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to bed. going to go to yep. bed. I was yep. stunned when I woke up and saw no, that man. they lost this game. So I did the thing where I dipped in. I had gotten home late 
and I did the reverse of you where I kind of come in and I go, oh, hey, this is a little bit closer than I I thought it was going to be. And then when I go back and everybody goes, remember when they were up 29-0? I go, wait, what? (laughs) Troy Taylor and the and the – the the uh, the juggernaut of the offense of what of what uh, of what Stanford is. This is as embarrassing of a loss for Coach Prime and his guys. I mean, uh, this was this was Coach Prime in the post game. He brought it up, uh, and he, and he and he talked about how ridiculous his team played. But on top of that, uh, you got to get past it and got to go right to it. Just in like how I felt going in at halftime. We come back out, and here comes the complacency. Here comes that team that I can't stand, that you can't stand, that you can't understand how in the world that happens to us. But it did, and uh, didn't turn it back on, I think, until late in the fourth quarter when we were able to go down and get a score, and we go down and then they tied up and we got overtime and you don't want to go in overtime because they have nothing to lose, nothing to lose. I was surprised that they kicked the field goal the first time. I thought they was just going to go for two and try the best to get it over with. But they were resilient. Big win by them. Uh, horrible loss by us. Let's go. So there's Prime. He's not too happy, but let's go. Let's get to the next one. I will say, too, uh, I'm watching at the end of the game there and Stanford just uh, – to have a guy go for three hundred and or 294 yards – uh, of, pa- uh, of of receptions, and I think that I think that they had gotten that. I think that 280 yards was just in the second half, and the catch over Travis Hunter that he had going into the end zone was a masterpiece. I haven't seen a catch that good all year, and to have it done on him, like put that one up for your film, yeah. kid, to go to the NFL. So, uh, win of the weekend was was Stanford because of that comeback. That was that was awesome. And Colorado is four and three now. And that was supposed to be one that was an automatic one for him, but hey, twelve. It's uh, you got to you got to wake up. It's uh, what is it? Pac twelve hard. Pac twelve hard, man. <laughs> hey, Big Twelve ACC showcase though. It was a split one one. <laughs> the Utes it. get the win for the Big Twelve. Stop it. Colorado gets the loss for the Big Twelve. Uh, you know, Stanford. Maybe they pulled a. And old Ute fans would appreciate this. Troy Taylor dialing up the iPhone offense. I guess. I guess oh my from his gosh. days at Utah. So, the iPhone. So, hey, listen, my kid, my kids' football coaches do the same thing now. They're all. I got this playoff TikTok. It's like okay, <laughs> it worked for Troy Taylor. Why not uh, Arizona? I mean, what a what a what a year what a, what a this? year that uh, Jed Fish has been putting on right now. And 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 you know Washington State. I think people thought maybe that they were going to do this at some point earlier in the year, but Arizona goes in, and Washington State gets only six points. Arizona goes forty-four to six over over Wazoo. Wazoo will be unceremoniously uh, dipped out of the uh, top twenty-five, but uh, Arizona, I'm happy for the Wildcats, man, because I know that I know that they've been working. They were the absolute basement dweller and the doormat of the Pac-12. Uh, for them in Colorado kind of battling over the last little while, and they've turned it around, and good for them. I, I really like what Jed Fish has done, and you cannot – <laughs> it's crazy, too, because you look and you go, uh, I don't care if it's Delora, I don't care if it's Fafita, they're getting it done, they're scoring a ton of points, and you got to be a little bit nervous for Arizona now if you're Utah fans. And Jed Fish, he inherited a program that was a rebuild Abysmal. down to the studs, yep. and it just – He's done a great job to be at you know year two and a half, three third year to be having this much progress where you're winning on the road, winning games big. You almost beat USC. You should have won that game last week. How they lost that was uh, you know that was a poor decision by Jed Fish to not go for two 
in that spot on that second overtime. But still, Arizona is a huge turnaround, and that's great because you want these Pac-12 teams, you know, helping lift up the Big 12. I know that yep. a lot of these Big 12 teams do not want to see these Pac-12 programs come in and have any sort of success, but you know what? Someone's got to come in and be a 9-10 win team. And I'm not saying one of these teams is going to be that in year one, but you want the overall quality of the league to be elevated in years to come. And right now it's good to have Arizona trending up, and Colorado feels like they're trending up, and Utah is holding steady. It's a little bit of a dip year compared to where they were expecting because of all the injuries, but still they're 5-1 and one at, at the midway point for them. So it's good to see this success from those teams, and you know, it's, there's no reason to think they can't continue it when they join the Big 12 next year. Arizona State on a bye. They host uh, or they go up to Seattle to uh, play the Washington Ooh, Huskies next ugly. week. What are you talking about? They beat the Huskies last year down in uh, Tempe. Remember that one? That's the problem. It's going to be a revenge <laughs> game for the Huskies, and the Washington's already uh, that, that Washington-Oregon game. I was killer. checking in awesome. on that in the press oh, box so at M and G, and you got to go watch. You got to go honestly go back and just get like see if you can find one of those replays and just give yourself the second half watch of it, uh, and just. I mean, I'm telling you, Dan Lanning is going to be kicking himself making these decisions that he did. Uh, and it was just – it was a cla- instant classic, and there's a reason that those two teams are the best right now in the Pac-12. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap things up with getting you ready for next week as the Big 12 uh, schedule gets rolled out. We'll kind of show you what the key games are for next week as the teams uh, who are coming out of by, some teams who are going to go into it. So stay right here with us. We'll give you that schedule. It is first and 12, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone, and also heard on KSL News Radio. All brought to you by Macy's. Happy shopping. We'll be back. More to go. Read all the stories about BYU sports no one else has heard. Go to kslsports.com for exclusive columns by BYU insider Mitch Harper. That's kslsports.com. Welcome back. It is first and 12 right here. KSL News Radio, the KSL Sports Zone on a Sunday morning. Also, uh, reheard again on KSL News Radio in the afternoon. You can catch it from 3 to 5 if you missed any portion of it. You can also download the podcast wherever fine podcasts are found. Uh, Mitch, I was disappointed with the push that New- KSL News Radio put out, and I think it didn't help uh, BYU's efforts. When the kickoff happened yesterday, the push notification to my phone is BYU looks to eclipse TCU. Wink. <laughs> and I went, you know what? BYU deserves to lose 44 to 11 after that. You can't do that. No. I, I it's not like I think you put you put the uh, push out, but I thought, oh my goodness. Sure enough, you though yesterday uh we're uh, we're watching kids football games and that eclipse was uh there were kids in, on the field staring at the sun and I thought, what have Ooh. what have come over our youth? And the referees are like, don't look at the sun. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> don't look at the sun, kids. They told you not to do it. Uh, so maybe that's what the BYU has that as, a, uh, as an excuse for uh, for yesterday. All right. Let's look ahead. Lots of uh, scheduling, of course. Lots of games. Uh, again, this thing just keeps going. This is why conference play is amazing because if you're looking at – if you're BYU and you had a game like you did, nothing better than the, the bomb of being able to go out and go, hey – Let's beat Texas Tech at home and maybe get things back on track again. And uh, honestly, things get right with the world again when you win, Mitch. That they do. And BYU will kick it off against Texas Tech this week, 5 p.m. on KSL News Radio, FS1 TV broadcast. Nice. You'll have pregame going at around 4 o'clock on the KSL mm-hmm. Sports Zone. I'm going to get things started 
at high noon extended Boy. pregame. It's like a Super Bowl coverage for BYU Texas Tech here on KSL News Radio. But hey. we've got you covered for uh, an important game for BYU because all these opportunities, you know, you got to get to a bowl game. That's got to be the goal, Alex. I think Cougar fans out there listening, if you're trying to set what should expectations be, just get to six. The chase for six wins. <laughs> you see how I know that sounds underwhelming because you want more. BYU's got a winning tradition. They've got great success over the last you know five decades. Yeah, but just get to six in this first year in the Big Twelve because this league anything can happen. And if you can find a way to carve out at least two more wins, that that's an accomplishment. And I think this is one of those games you've got to get because with Texas and Oklahoma still on the schedule. Those opportunities are dwindling, Alex. Yeah, and I'll say, too, like uh, when we started to look at, at you know, during our post game that, uh, yesterday about this very topic, because then you start to look around and you go, okay, in these next six in these next six games here, where does BYU get these two? And it's like, yeah. you better freaking steal that one from Texas Tech in Provo. You better make it close against Iowa State. You better go to Oklahoma State and try to get and try to get the Cowboys on Thanksgiving weekend because Texas at Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma, I mean Oklahoma and Provo are, are going to be absolutely difficult games. Yeah. And West Virginia at at West Virginia, I mean that mm-hmm. now has become a difficult game. So now you're right. Every week it's like wringing your hands, going, "How are they going to pull that one out?" But obviously that's the uh, that's the big one for next week uh, for BYU fans. But let's go to what the rest of the conference looks like. UCF and Oklahoma getting things started off early. That's an ABC game. And UCF, uh, I, I I wouldn't imagine they'd be the ones to uh, shock Oklahoma. But at this point, considering how the league has gone, I have no idea what to think about this game, Mitch. That would be epic, <laughs> Big 12. Brett Yormark would be celebrating. The offices in Irving would be just thrilled. To see UCF uh, knock off Oklahoma, but it's not happening. Okay, uh, fine. Baylor at Cincinnati, another first-time matchup. UCF-Oklahoma is also a first-time meeting. Baylor at Cincinnati, 10 a.m. on ESPN+. Plus. That's an interesting game from two teams that are looking to get a much-needed win. Yeah, I mean, it, it, something's got to give. Uh, and, and, and Baylor has been awful at home, and now they have to actually go out on the road, which is like something that they haven't had to do much of. Yet so far in this young season, Cincinnati's lost four in a row. They're going to look to try to get right, and Baylor might be the ones who uh, suffer at the hands of the Bearcats. Uh, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. This looks like this looked early in the season before we even started the year up. It's going to be an auto win for uh, for Oklahoma State, but no, this should be one of those that uh, that should actually be a really really good game. These two teams, uh, in terms of our rankings. They're right there by each other, and Oklahoma State might be the one who has the edge this week. I could see the uh, the odds makers putting that one up uh, in there early for Oklahoma State just because they've kind of got a little bit of a, of a streak going on here in West Virginia's coming off of that weird loss to Houston. I never thought I'd be saying this, but Texas is going to be playing a game at Houston again. First time since 2002, Texas is facing off against the Houston Cougars. 2 p.m. on Fox any chance you think Holgerson and the Cougs threaten Texas in this old Southwest rival? Stop it, okay? Any Here's chance? Th- <laughs> no. In fact, I'll tell you right now, Texas is actually offended by this game. I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. kidding. You know it. it having, not, having just a little bit, having lived there myself as a kid, Texas does not play nice with other people who are not in the same conference as you, and that, uh, and that, and especially going to your stadium, ick. Like, they call it Cougar High. 
Houston. <laughs> yes. They haven't been there since 2001, and I, I read stories that the, the bleachers uh, broke, and they fell the the extra Whoa. bleachers that Houston brought into the stadium. Some of them broke, Whoa. and it was a safety hazard, and Oof. Texas swore they would never go to Houston again. Mm. So, Funny how that works. Funny how yeah. that works. And uh, <laughs> now they're conference mates at least for one season, and you got to put up with it, and so – Got to do it. I would imagine Texas is going to roll on that one. TCU yeah. going to Kansas State. It's the Battle of the Purple this next week here. Mitch, that's on ESPN2 at 5 o'clock next week. Big 12 championship rematch. So that should be a fun game after two teams get big wins, and they might have two freshman quarterbacks starting. It's going to be a fun one. Lots of good games next week. And uh, despite the 44-11 to 11 loss, uh, I still love doing this show with you on Sundays. Absolutely. So it's a fun time. Uh, our producer, Eric, who's uh, hitting the buttons, uh, in Salt Lake City, we appreciate the work he does as well. And, and uh, yes, Eric gave us intel that he might be, you know, working behind the oh, scenes boy. on that Big Twelve is hard remake. Big Twelve hard. Big Twelve hard. So, Let's go. All right. Uh, and look, Eric is it's up his alley. I would say so. Yes. Uh, so for Eric, for Mitch, want to say thanks for joining the uh, the show. You can always download the podcast. Listen to us every Sunday morning on KSL News Radio and on the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, and also download the podcast wherever you can find it, and let's get it going. For Mitch, I'm Alex. We'll see you next time, everybody.